You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Everybody say, all things are possible. You know, I'm declaring that this year, 2018, is a year of possibilities. Amen. No matter what happened in 2017, maybe it was a hard year, it was a great year for some, it was a good year for some, maybe it was a bad year for some, but I am declaring that this year, 2018, is a new year. Amen. A year of the Lord's favor, a year of possibilities. With God, nothing is impossible. Amen. So we're, we're going to believe God for greater things this year, 2018. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, we'd like to welcome you to uh, our church, Victory Alabang. My name is Pastor Ariel, and we we are actually in our uh, new series entitled uh, Word View, and uh, this is the first Sunday of 2018, 50 more weeks, and it's Christmas time again, okay? How many of you miss Christmas already? I hope, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, when uh, we already put down our Christmas stuff and uh, the house is clean and white as snow, okay? We're ready to fast. We've uh, taken out all the clutter, and we are, you know, looking forward and plow- plowing ahead for uh, new things uh, this year, 2018. All right, we are... About to start, as I said, a new series. This is titled Word View. And uh, this is not a misspell or a wrong uh, statement. This is not worldview, although I'm, I'm sure that you're familiar with the word worldview, but this is about word view. Everybody say word view. You know, this is really about the scriptures and about the Word of God. And uh, for the next eight weeks, we're going to be focusing on the importance and the authority of the scriptures in the Bible and how accurate it is and how inerrant it is and the authority of the scripture. And how many of you are convinced that the Bible is the Word of God, that the Bible is truth, that the Bible is life? And, uh, you know, we, we know that by in our head, but I'm not really sure if we know that by heart. I'm not really sure if we practice that. I'm not really sure if we are totally convinced that the Bible is the Word of God. That when we say that the Bible is truth and we can actually claim the promise of God from the Word, that we can actually fight for it and stand on it. And I hope in my prayer that is that this coming, you know, in this next few weeks, and may this entire year be a year of discovery for us, a year of God unveiling, a year of God, you know, to discover means to uncover, to for us to be able to see what is hidden. And I believe that God has already revealed through His written word, His plans and His purpose for all of us. You know, when you talk about worldview, each of us has our own certain worldview. Uh, last uh, Christmas, before uh, actually before Christmas, my daughter was complaining. My second daughter, Anna, was complaining of not being able to see clearly, and she's saying she's having a headache. She's saying that she's you know having some uh, a little bit of dizzy spells. And so I brought her to the um, optical shop. Okay, but uh, you know, so my daughter, actually my eldest daughter, said, "Bring her to Sunny's." You know, Sunny's whatever, okay? Maybe you're, you're, the young people, are, you know that, okay? So, so anyway, so I brought her there, and uh, lo and behold, it's, there's a long line of young people wanting to get eyeglasses. And so I uh, brought her there. She fitted uh, a new pair of glasses, and lo and behold, she told me, Dad, I can see the world clearly. 
You know, it's very clear. You know, I can read. I can actually see that sign. And, and so, you know, she put on a spectacle. She put on a glasses, a new lens on her eyes. And what she was not able to see clearly before, now she was able to accurately see because of the new lens that she is now wearing. And, you know, each and every one of us have a way that we view the world. We have our own belief system. We grew up with certain philosophies. We grew up with certain patterns of thinking. You know, when you talk about worldview, a worldview is a mental model of reality. You know, it may not actually be the truth, but that is your perceived truth. How many of you know what I'm talking about? How many of you are convinced that God has great plans for the Philippines? Amen. Amen. Okay. Now, how many of you can actually see it right now? Amen. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. We're seeing progress. We're seeing a little bit of that. We're inching our way or maybe footing our way or kilometering our way. Okay. To progress. You may not see it. You may actually, you know, think negatively of what's happening right now. You have your certain, you know, view of things, the reality that you have. And I'm not here to convince you that that is the reality or that is the truth. But I believe totally that God indeed has great plans for us as a people and as a nation. Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And we're declaring that the Lord, Jesus is the Lord over the Philippines. Okay? When you talk about worldview, a worldview is a framework of ideas and attitudes about the world, about the way you see yourself, about life in general. It is a comprehensive system of beliefs. You have a certain attitude about yourself, whether you are a positive person, you think, you know, you see things positively all the time. If you see a glass half filled, you say it's half full. If you're a negative person, it's half empty. Or, you know, you're, 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 you have a certain lens. And what I'm saying is, you know, as we read the Word of God, and as we dig deeper in the Word of God, and as we immerse in the Word of God, how many of you know that God is going to put a new lens on us so that whatever we see in the world will be seen through the eyes of His Word? Amen. And that's exactly what we're hoping that in the next eight weeks and beyond, that when you read the Word, the next time that you that we say, open your Bibles to so-and-so verse, that that is not the only time that you will open your Bible during the week. We're hoping that you've opened your Bible from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday is just about the regular time that you open the Word again because we are going to be a people of the Word. Amen. The Word is life. You know, I grew up not liking to read. I grew up watching. I grew up wanting, you know, I, I, I don't know if you're like me. I'd, I'd rather watch than read. But when I became a Christian, I had to discipline myself to read the Word of God. And I had read the Bible, you know, from cover to cover several times in my more than 30 years of being a Christian, okay? And every time you go through the Word, how many of you know that you will see new things, even if you're reading the same verse? It is so rich, that you read this word and this word is talking about one person and one person only. And his name is Jesus because the Bible is all about Christ. 
The Bible is all about Jesus from cover, from Genesis, even to the book of maps after Revelation. It talks about Christ. It talks about Jesus. You know, Jesus didn't just appear in the New Testament. Jesus was foreshadowed in the Old Testament. Jesus was actually prophesied in the Old Testament. He was revealed in the Gospels. He was preached in the book of Acts. He was explained in the epistles. And he is actually anticipated in the book of Revelation. The whole Bible, the whole 66 books is all about Jesus. And when you read even the book of Psalms, guess what? Even if you're reading Leviticus, it's all about Jesus. How many of you enjoy reading Leviticus? How many of you enjoy reading the book of Numbers, you know, as your devotion? Oh, I love Numbers. You know, I'm a, I am an accountant, you know, whatever that is, okay? So, you know, maybe some of you enjoy and you love reading that book. But wherever you go in the Bible, you see Jesus in all its pages. And we're hoping that you will see the world in the light of God's plan for you. And that is what worldview, uh, worldview is all about. A wrong worldview will lead to a wrong worldview. You've got to have the right worldview. You've got to accurately put in the lens of the Word of God over your eyes and over your heart so that you will see the whole world in accordance to how God sees the world. You know, this year as we're starting uh, the new year, 2018, people are looking for direction. How many of you are praying for wisdom and for direction? You know, this year, new year, you're filling in your calendars, you're filling in your dates, you're putting on, uh, you're, maybe some of you are writing uh, New Year's resolutions, you know, I'm going back to the gym or, you know, I'm going to lose weight. How many of you have written that down, okay? You're going to lose weight, okay? Don't even raise your hand anymore, okay? Uh, look at the person beside you, okay? And just uh, smile at that person, okay? As if you're saying, yeah, you need to write that, okay? But anyway, uh, no, just kidding. Some of us write that down and some of us are seeking for direction. Some of us are saying, okay, I'm going to be... You know, I'm going to change. I'm going to be more patient this year. I'm going to be pa more patient with my husband or with my wife. You know, maybe some of you are writing down, uh, I'm going to try to discover a new language or whatever it is. Okay, you're, you're writing down a New Year's resolution. New Year's resolution is something that you can do. I shifted to writing faith goals years ago because faith goals are things that only God can do. And faith goals are actually goals that you're writing down. And, you know, what you're saying is, God, apart from you, I can't do this. Apart from your grace, I can't do this. Apart from your grace, I cannot be kind. Apart from your grace, I cannot be generous. Apart from your grace, I cannot be successful. Apart from your grace, I cannot open the door for me in my office. Or maybe if you're believing that this will be a year of you from single to being married, you know, how many of you know that it takes God to make the match for you? Amen. You know, and apart from the, and we're declaring, we're singing that song. All things are possible in His name. And may that year be this year, the year of possibilities, the year of the Lord's favor. And people are saying that this is the year of the dog. Right? 2018, according to the Chinese calendar. Uh, it's the year of the dog. But I beg to suggest that this year 
It's not really the year of the dog, but it is the year of the Lord's favor. Amen. It is the year of the creator of the dog. Amen. It is the year of the one who created the dog, the cat, the horse, the mule, the bull, the tiger, the snake, and whatever it is there in the zodiac sign. Come on now. When you're looking for direction, you look for the one who made all these things. When you're looking for direction, don't just make and, you know, Look at the stars and, you know, look at the alignment of the, you know, astrology and say, okay, okay, because the sun and the moon and the Neptune and the Uranus are aligned together, I'm going to be lucky this year. Guess what? I'm going to put my life in the one who created the sun and the moon and the stars and the one who gave them names and the one who put them there in the heavenlies. Amen. And this God who made the sun and the moon and the stars is mindful of me. He's mindful of you. When I consider the heavens, the sun, the moon, the stars, and you gave them by name, and this psalmist asks, what is man that you are mindful of us? The son of man that you care for us. God cares for you. God is mindful for you. This year, 2018, guess what? God is thinking about you. God has great plans for you. If you're looking for direction, don't look for the world's direction. Look from the word. Amen. Because I believe that God will be the one to set us forth. And when God sets us, it's going to be a firm foundation. Amen. No matter what challenge or what storm that you go through in this life, this year, I'm declaring that you're going to go through it with peace because God is going to be with us. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise right now. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Our worldview shall directly be affected by our understanding and correct view of the word. And so that's exactly what we wanna, we're going to be looking at in the next eight weeks. My prayer and the pastors all over Metro Manila, we're praying that our people, our congregants, our churches will be more in love with the word of God. Will not just put that word as a display in the dining room table or you know on your office table and you only pick it up once a week you know on Sundays but it will be a daily fare a daily diet something that you depend on as if you're declaring that can't live without you I can't live if living is without you know you we can't live without the word we need to be devoted hopelessly to the word of God Amen. So why don't you open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 to 6. Let's all read this out loud, all together. One, two, three. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish let's pray father thank you so much for your word we love it we are devoted to it and we pray god that you would continue to reveal yourself and may your son jesus 
uh, be seen, Lord God, as we uh, read the scriptures. I thank you, Lord God, that you will put in us a deeper love and devotion to the Word of God. I pray that you bless everyone as we listen to the Word this afternoon. May your Holy Spirit illuminate the, 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 the preaching of your Word. I thank you, Lord God, that you will speak to us. And I thank you that uh, this year will be a year indeed of the Lord's favor. Speak to us your direction. Uh, increase our faith, God. And we thank you, Lord God, that you will open up our spiritual ears and our eyes to see you clearly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. During Christmas, when we had that Christmas series... We were talking about the songs of Christmas. Basically, uh, these were the songs that, the, you know, revolving around the nativity scene. We're going to be focusing as well on the book of Psalm, which is uh, known as the songs that were mostly written by King David. And, you know, as we look at uh, some of the verses, we will actually journey uh, and find out the importance and the relevancy of the Word of God. Some people are saying that the Word of God is no longer relevant, you know, that, you know, it's an old uh, writing, that it's only relevant in the Old Testament or maybe during the first century or the second century or, uh, but not anymore in the 21st century, you know. How many of you have heard statements like that? We have actually seen the changes in our culture and society wherein people have subscribed to a secularist mindset to a postmodern mindset, to a liberal thinking mindset. That some of what they're saying is, you know, that is no longer, irrele- uh, that is no longer relevant and, you know, this is a modern world, uh, that is uh, the thing of the past, and so I don't really have to have to do anything with it. But let me just correct those thinkers because I want to present to you that the Word of God is timeless truth. The Word of God is the authority. The Word of God is inspired by God. The Word of God is accurate. The Word of God is without error. The Word of God is supreme authority over our lives. Amen. It has application in the past, in the present, and even in our future lives. If you see the Word of God, you know, you look through its lenses, you realize that if you carefully do everything written in the Word of God, you will be prosperous and successful in accordance with the promise of the Scriptures. Because that is exactly what God gave us. God gave us this Word, the Bible, the, you know, the life manual, so to speak. Some, some people are saying, you know, uh, and, and for us to be able to know His plan, His will for us. And more than just having a bunch of rules and regulations and standards and commandments and law, this is not just about that, but this, as I said earlier, the Bible and the Word of God really points to a person. Ultimately, the reason why we are reading the Word of God is so that we will know Jesus better. This is the accurate description and His, you know, His manifestation of who He is as the deity that we're worshiping. You know, from time to time, I would travel by myself uh, for ministry, and in my phone are thousands of pictures of my family and my my wife maybe you you also how many of you have pictures of your family we are you know we all have that now and you know if i am in a hotel room you know sometimes i would you know facetime my family and i would actually talk to them on the phone i would see their image but how many of you know that that is not them i would actually want to be with the real person 
And so this actually, this Bible points us to the real God and the real person. You know, the, the word, the, this book right now, these are 66 books compiled together. And this is paper printed by Crossway. Some of you are printed by Zondervan, right? And you have different, uh, different uh, translations. Some, you know, we're using the ESV. What's ESV again? Essentials of Victory, okay? No, uh, English Standard Version, okay? We, we were using NIV before. What's NIV? Necessary in Victory, okay? New International Version. Okay? And, you know, but this Bible, when you just look at it, this is not a lucky charm. This is not, you know, I, I'm going to sleep with it, okay? So that I'll be lucky today, you know. Lord, if I'm praying for provision, I'm going to put this in my wallet, okay? Just hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, it, it, it is not, there's nothing magical about this Bible. Are we getting it? Because we're actually doing what we were practicing before. That we're putting it as like an object that can actually bring us blessing or luck. But this Bible, as you read through it, as you plow through its pages, you will realize that that is where the power comes from. As I read through it, and I was reading through it, you know, especially from January 1st, you know, right after the fireworks, okay? First thing I did was I, I want to read the Word of God, and I, I, I want to just greet the Lord. Lord, Happy New Year. What's your word for me? And my opening page is, guess what? It's Genesis chapter 1. And the Bible says, in the beginning, God. Four words. First four words in the Bible. In the beginning, God. Guess what? As we started this year, God's already here. As you started this year, God's already been waiting for you. And God has plans for you. And God has great you know, you know, purpose for you this year. You're not going to be alone this year. In the beginning, as you start this year, I'm there. This word can change us. This word will actually give you a new lens. And I'm praying that we will be devoted to the Word. And this is talking about devotion to the Word. I realize that, you know, in order for you to have a devotion, you got to first have desire before it becomes a devotion and a delight. Everything starts with that desire. How I many of you know that desire is a powerful emotion? Desire is powerful. If you desire for something, guess what? You're going to try to do it until you like it. You know, I, I don't used to like salmon. Well, for those of you who like salmon sushi, you know, that's not for me. I, I would rather eat tuna sashimi and not touch the yellow one. I would rather go for the tuna. But as I tried it several times, and I'm looking at several Japanese friends, I tried the salmon, and I tried putting kikoman, and I tried putting wasabi, and I just discovered it. It was just a, a little bit of a desire. And then I tried it again. I tried disciplining myself to eat it. And then I tried it again. And guess what? Now I'd rather eat salmon than the tuna. I'm not really devoted to it yet. 
But I just started by, I'm using a crude example here. It starts with a desire, and then the discipline has to kick in before it becomes a delight and a devotion. And I believe that for some, you know, reading the Bible can be overwhelming. You know, how can, where do I start? Do I start in the book of Revelation? Do I start in the book of, where do I start? Just start. Just open the word and just maybe start in the book of Genesis as we start this year. Maybe start in the book of Matthew. Just go and read it. If you can't read three chapters, just read five verses. You know, the, the important thing is that you imbibe the word of God. That you take it. You know, you, you know what? How many of you are taking vitamins regularly? Maybe some of us are taking vitamins. Some of us are taking maintenance, okay? But anyway, so I, I started doing that. I'm a golden boy already, okay? I turned 50 a few days ago, and I love it, okay? In 10 years, I'm going to enjoy my 20% discount. But anyway, so, but you know, I'm taking both. I have vitamins, and I have a little bit of maintenance, okay? Uh, but the vitamins, you can't really take vitamins all at the same time. If you forgot the vitamins for one month, you can't really take 30 vitamins in one day. You take it daily. And the reason why you're taking it daily is because you're building up your nutrients. You're building up your system. You're actually strengthening your... And guess what? The Word of God is kind of like the vitamin system. Taking a little bit today, taking a little bit tomorrow, taking a little bit... And guess what? You're going to be invincible. Amen. And what we're saying is just find a little bit of a system in reading the Word of God. And we're teaching our kids to love their Bibles as well. We've taught them how, you know, just to do a simple SOAP, SOAP, you know, uh, way of reading the Bible. You know, read the Scripture, whether it's two verses. O, observe. Write your observation in the Scripture. As I was saying to you a while ago, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I observed the first four words in the beginning. God's already here. In the beginning, God did not, you know, there's no one who created God. God's here from the very start. And, and you know, and that's exactly what observation is all about. A is application. How do I apply this now in my life? Now that I know that God is here in the beginning as I start this year, how do I apply this now? Application. I no longer have to fear. I have to actually just put my trust in the Lord. I know that God will be the one to open new doors for me. I know that God will be the one to be with me in my school. God will be the one to open doors for me in my university. God will be the one to open doors for me in my office and so on and so forth. And letter P is prayer. Lord, help me to believe. Increase my faith. S-O-A-P. How many of you know that is very simple? Do that daily. It becomes a part of your life. And we're teaching our kids instead of, you know, kids now. How many of you have children and all they do the whole day, almost the whole day, is just look at their screens, okay? We have screen-agers, okay? You know, they, they, they love just looking at, you know, whatever, IG stories or, you know, Facebook or YouTube. And so we tell them, instead of you wasting a lot of time watching, why don't you use your time loving the Word? And we're challenging them to memorize Scripture. We're challenging them to read the Word of God. Devotion to the Word of God. You know what is devotion? Devotion means love. It means loyalty. It means enthusiasm. It means dedication to a particular thing. It means consecrated. It means being set apart. When you're devoted to something, you're putting time to do that thing. If you are devoted to health, you're going to eat right and you're going to go to the gym or maybe you're going to do physical workout every time because you're devoted to it. 
If you are a husband of your wife, and if you're saying, I am devoted to my wife, what does that mean? I am set apart for my wife. Amen. That there is no other woman in this planet that will actually distract me from my view of my wife. Because I am devoted to her. Are you getting that? Okay? I'm hopelessly you know, devoted. Devotion. Okay? And, the, you know, when you talk about, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my wife and I said, I want to grow old with you. I want to be able to, you know, look, uh, you know, look at our children and see them all graduate, eventually get married. And it's just going to be the two of us. And we're going to grow, grow old together. But since we are devoted to each other, Walang iwanan. We're gonna share the same cup of coffee. Not the same toothbrush, okay? We're gonna share the same <laughs> whatever, okay? But looking forward to that. It means I'm devoted to her. When we're saying we're devoted to God, it means that you and I are consecrated for God and for His purpose. When you say that you have a devotion to the Word, it means that you are setting aside your time for the word. Your devotion to the word will set you apart from the world. When you're devoted to the word, guess what? It is a natural demarcation of you setting you aside from the influences of the world. There's a setting apart. How many of you know that we're still in the world? The Bible says we are in the world, but we are not of the world. You are, you know, you're not to cut off your relationship with the world. The Bible says Jesus loves sinners, but he did not allow the sinners to influence them, but yet he went out there to influence them. It's a different thing. We've been set aside for the world. A person that God blesses is a person separated from the world. This is my first point. I only have two points, don't worry. A person that God blesses is a person separated from the world. And we see this from verse 1 of Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. In this particular verse, the first verse of chapter 1 of Psalm opens with this word blessed. Everybody say blessed. blessed. You know, and I think it was Pastor Rain who said that earlier that even, you know, as he read the scripture, God has already blessed us. It's done. When God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis chapter 1, verse 20, He already blessed us. God has blessed you and me even before doing anything. But yet there is a particular way of us viewing what blessing means. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. When you talk about the word blessed, blessed comes from the word uh, makarios in the Greek or ephir from the, from the Hebrew, which means happy. Everybody say happy. Happy is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. You know, I was reading uh, an article in the internet, and they said, according to 2009, uh, 2017 uh, statistics, they said that the Philippines is the third happiest country in the world in 2017. How many of you can actually attest to that? Look at the person beside you and verify if that is true. Okay? We are the third happiest people in the planet. Okay, come on now. I don't know how they graded that. Whether you and I have problems or not, we are happy. Amen. We're blessed. God bless our nation. Amen. And we're blessed. You and I are blessed. You and I are 
considered happy no matter if we have a lot of money or a little bit of money or we have some problems, God indeed has blessed us. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. It means that you stay away from wrong advice. You stay away from wrong counsel. Where do you get your counsel? You know, I realize that nowadays we go through the process of, you know, there's a growing industry of uh, counselors and coaching industry. And, you know, you pay, uh, you know, a high amount just going through the process of, uh, you know, having a counsel. But the reality is, where is the source of the truth that that counselor is actually telling you? I heard of a story of a guy who was left by his wife for another man and his friend who's not a Christian basically counseled him do the same thing. You know, go and find another woman and just get even and let her know that you are okay. How many of you know that that is not from the Word of God? Amen. Where do we get our counsel? You know, part of our responsibilities as pastors before a couple will get married, couples come to us, you know, engaged couple, and sometimes they would ask, you know, can you officiate our wedding? And we would actually tell them, we need to sit down with you for maybe a few weeks so that we can actually counsel you and give you some engagement seminars. So, you know, there's a particular pastor, not from our church, who basically sat down with a couple and said the same thing. Okay, uh, I need to sit down with you and give you some counseling. And this couple basically said, we don't need counseling anymore. We've both been married several times. We're experts. Uh, okay. Where do we get our counsel? Get godly counsel. Amen. There are really two ways to disaster. First way is not taking any counsel at all. That's, that's also dangerous. How many of you know that's dangerous? And the other dangerous way is Getting all the counsel from everybody. Just approaching everybody and listening to all the counsel that you can actually get. And you will be confused. The best and the right way is get the right counsel from the Word of God. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. Walking means that you are right in step with another person. You know, Amos chapter 3, verse 3, I think, says that, you know, can two walk together without agreeing as one? When you walk together, there is an agreement necessary. And when you ask for counsel, and when you walk with that counselor, guess what? There is an agreement that you're actually saying, that, okay, I am agreeing with your counsel. And a counsel, an advice will impact and influence your thinking and your behavior. Wrong advice may actually mean wrong outcome in your life. Does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners. It talks about wicked association. From walking to standing. You know, if you go to a party, maybe in a, like a cocktail party, people are just standing, they're chatting. They're getting some, you know, hors d'oeuvres, getting iced tea, okay. And they drink and they talk. That's standing, chatting. 
It's a picture of you agreeing, getting deeper into the relationship. And it goes on further. And it says, nor sits in the seat of mockers. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of scoffers or mockers. By this time, when you're sitting down, how many of you know that there is a little bit more relationship there? There's a little bit more intimacy when you start sitting down. When you start sitting down with a person, it means that you are trusting that person. There's trust already. And there's already an agreement. You know, when I sit down with my wife for dinner, it's intimate. That's why I make it a point. I don't sit down with another woman for dinner. Because it speaks of intimacy. Bless the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. This is actually now leading to bad action. From listening to a counsel of the ungodly to standing in their way of life to finally sitting down in agreement and agreement with them, there is a progression of sorts that you will actually see here. Your devotion to the Word will set you apart from the world. How are we devoted to the Word of God? I hope that we will constantly just look at it. It will influence our life. Two days ago, I was meditating on Genesis chapter 5, and it talks about the story of Enoch, verse 24, I think. And it says there, Enoch walked with God faithfully, and God was so pleased with him, God took him away. And I said, God, I don't want to take away part, but I want the walking faithfully part. And so I was meditating on that. And, you know, if you look at this from the perspective of you know, a regular guy who's not a pastor, you know, there is a lot of application that we could actually find here. In the next point, a person that God blessed is a person saturated with the Word. We are now not only separating ourselves from the world, but we are now saturating ourselves with the Word, meditating on it, constantly, uh, you know, ruminating on it, and uh, marinating in the Word of God, if I may use that term, okay? We are always talking about food. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he what? Meditates how many times? Day and night. You know, when you talk about delight, delight gives you great pleasure. You know, things that delight me is, you know, are my kids when they obey. You know, it gives me delight. Um, maybe food gives me delight. Particularly sweets, uh, chocolates, ice cream, cakes. And I'm thankful that I married a baker because when I come home, it's a home of delight. What delights you? And the Bible says, his delight is in the law of the Lord. During the time when this writer was writing this particular psalm, the only law of the Lord was the Pentateuch, the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Bible. That's the only you know, five, you know, the only books that he's reading. And what he's saying is, his delight is in Leviticus. His delight is in the book of Numbers. Wow. And as he's meditating on the law, it gives him pleasure. What delights you? 
I know that there are things that you desire. Maybe a nice vacation would give you delight. Maybe having a new gadget will give you delight. Maybe having a new friend will give you delight. For those of you single, maybe finding the right one, praise God, 2018, will give you a delight. What gives us a delight? If we're really devoted to the Word of God, I'm praying that the Word of God will eventually give us a delight. That when you wake up in the morning, that you're going to be excited. The first thing that you will want to do is, Lord, I want to read your word. I want to hear good news first before any bad news. How many of you would rather hear good news first before bad news? Then read the faith book. Don't read your Facebook yet. And check, how many likes do I have this morning from my post last night? Oh, they like me. Heart, heart. And on his law, he meditates. To meditate means to muse, to ponder, to ruminate, to think deeply, to think over and over again. It's likened to a picture of a cow, you know, chewing the grass. And, you know, as the cow chews his food, what he would do is he would taste it and grind it in his mouth and then swallow it. The cow is actually, they, they say that they have four digestive systems. And what it does is once it swallows it, it will bring it out again. To do what? To swallow again. To chew again. Have you tried eating like that? Once you chew it, you swallowed it, and then you bring it out, you chew it again. The cow does that. And that is the picture of meditation. When you meditate, this is different from the Eastern meditation to empty your mind. We're not talking about yoga. You're not talking about, you know, emptying your mind, you know, type of meditation. When you talk about Christian meditation, Christian meditation is filling your mind, amen, with the Word of God. And what you're doing is you're mulling over and over and thinking over and over and you are ruminating, you're marinating, you're soaking it in, you're saturating yourself with the Word of God. Enoch walked with God faithfully. And as you drive towards your office, you were caught by a driver on SLEX, and you're tempted to bump his bumper. And then you remember Genesis chapter 5, verse 22, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Thank you, Lord. As you part in the driveway of the office, naunaan ka nung isang you know, in, in, in the mall, and you're about to be angry, but then you remember Genesis 5.22, Enoch, walk faithfully with God. You're meditating it day and night. You entered your office, you see your boss, and your boss said, you said to your boss, Happy New Year, sir. What's good about the New Year? Enoch, walk faithfully with God. Lord, may you take him away. No, 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 no. And he gives you new work, he gives you, and there's new meeting in the office, and they're talking about how to compromise, and that you're assigned to do the compromising thing. And you remember this book, Genesis chapter 5, verse 22 Enoch walked faithfully with God. I'm not going to do it. You went home that evening, your wife was mad at you. And you're tempted to fight back. And you remember Genesis chapter 5. Enoch walked faithfully with God. 
And instead of being mad at your wife, you went to your children and you spent time and just said, let's just pray for mom. And instead of you just saying, I am so tired from work, Enoch walked faithfully with God. And you decided to spend time with the kids, pray with them, play with them, because you know that someday they're just going to be like you. And you're imparting to them the ways of God. Because you also would like for them to walk with God faithfully, just like Enoch walked faithfully with God. Meditate the Word of God day and night. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in His commandments. Joshua 1 verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall what? Meditate on it. How many times? Day and night. Even Joshua, before the book of Psalms, was talking about day and night. Meditate on it. So that you may be careful to do everything or according to all that is written in it. Not so that you will be lucky. I want to meditate on it so that I will be lucky. It's not for luckiness, if there's such a word. It's not for luck. It's so that we will be able to carefully do according to your way. And then we will be prosperous and successful because we have obeyed the word of God. How many of you would like to be prosperous and successful? I think that's all of us. Amen. But how many of us are willing to pay the price to meditate on the word, to be careful to do everything written in it? And the outcome of our obedience to the word of God is prosperity and success because Enoch walked faithfully with God and God pleased with him. The Bible is like a telescope. If a man looks through his telescope, he sees worlds beyond. If you see through it. But if he only looks at his telescope, he does not see anything but that. That's it. The Bible is a thing to be looked through to see that which is beyond. But most people only look at it. And so they see only the dead letter or the cover. How do you look at the Bible? Do you look through it? Or do you just look at it? Let's look through the lens of the scripture. And see the world in a different light. Amen. By meditating on a scripture. Verse 3. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and its leaves does not wither. And all he does, he prospers. This is the outcome of a person who is blessed as he separates himself from the world and as he is saturated with the word. He's like a tree planted. And you know what that means? You're firm. You're stable. No matter what storm comes in, you will stand firm because you have a root. We have a palm tree in the back of our house. And we've had several storms visit you know, our city already. And every time there's a storm, the palm tree will just sway. And after the wind would actually die down, it will stand up again. There's another storm, it will sway. And then it will stand up again. And that's the way our life is. Jesus did not promise you a storm-free life. He promised you a storm-proof life. You'll go through storms, but if you're, you're, you're a tree planted by the streams of water, guess what? You'll always have fruit. You'll always have leaves. You'll always bear fruit in season and out of season. And you're always going to be attractive to the people around you. Jeremiah chapter 17. Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. 
He's like a tree planted by the water that sends out its root by the stream and does not fear. Everybody say, does not fear. When heat comes, for, it, for its leaves remain green, and it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Because you are planted accurately with the word of God, you will never cease to bear fruit. Your devotion to the word will always set you apart from the world. But just to give you, as I end, a description or a distinction of the wicked. And this is what happens to the wicked. In verse 4, it actually says, The wicked are like chaff that the wind blows away. The wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. But in verse 6, you see the difference. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. In the NIV, it says, For the Lord watches the way of the righteous. It means that the Lord will always protect the way of the righteous. But the way of the wicked will perish. Which one are we? Are we the righteous, blessed, because we have decided to separate ourselves from the word, world and have saturated ourselves with the word? Or are we like the wicked, with no word at all, and has got a worldly worldview? I pray that we will all respond and love and meditate and be devoted to the word of God more than ever before. Amen. Can we just bow our heads right now as we pray? Father, thank you so much for our time this afternoon. Lord, I thank you that even this afternoon, Lord, and, and beyond. May you impart a fresh love and devotion for your word in our hearts. I want you all to, uh, to lay your hands on your heart all across this room. Father, thank you so much. As we lay our hands on our hearts, I pray God that you would put in us faith to believe in what the word of God says. Thank you, Lord God, that you will put in us a deeper affection and desire, Lord God, a deeper love to know the God in the, in the Bible, and His name is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the Word was with God in the beginning. And the Word became flesh, and He made His dwelling among us. And we thank you, Lord God, that you will see in us, uh, show us a new lens on how we view the Word from your perspective. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.